0: Lift your hands and worship. Hallelujah. Father, we worship and adore you. There is no one like you, precious Father. Absolutely not. <laughs> come on thank you thank you thank you thank you you are alive today because of him you are alive and well because of him then he slept yesterday and he didn't wake up at all today. But you are alive. And not only alive, but well. So lift your hands and thank you. Let him know that you are grateful for life. For the privilege of living. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. name yeah. we give you the glory together in the community of the saints those you have forgiven and washed with the priceless precious blood of the lamb today we can stand before you not because of our sufficiency not because of our merit but because of the blood that was shed and spoke for us at Calvary Lord we thank you because your goodness has been made known to us and we've gathered this morning again to receive and to hear from you we ask that you will speak to us let your word be truth and let your word be life let revelations of the word be released to our hearts give us clarity and understanding. Let every skill be lifted up from our understanding. Let yokes be destroyed. Let Jesus be revealed and glorified. And every grateful sense of God shout a good amen. Hallelujah. Before you sit down, two things: go to like two or three people, tell them it's good to see you in church. God has a word for you. And kindly do that with a smile. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Praise and uh, don't, I said two things: don't sit yet. Remain standing. We're going to make our confession of the word with regards to our message. In um, order for me to begin to teach. Remember, this week we're doing our fasting from Thursday, I mean Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday. It's our combined service. We're going to be having a Holy Ghost meeting. Make sure you are inviting people for the meeting. Praise the Lord. I believe it's going to be a powerful meeting for every one of us in the house. So make sure you are inviting your friends, your colleagues, and um, family, neighbor. And by the way, Sunday is good to see you. I'm sure you dragged in with you this morning. Good to see you guys in church. Praise the Lord. So make sure you guys are inviting people. Reach out to all those around you. The reason why you live where you are is because there are people God wants to touch with your life so ensure that you allowing god speak and flow through you amen, amen. is that clear yes, all right can we say these short declarations together say in jesus name, in jesus name i release myself and everything, that me, and everything that consigns me from every self, from every self people, people and situational Impose limitations and excuses. Limitations so let me say, I will never be a victim. victim. Say, I, I refuse to be a victim of imposed limitations, of imposed limitations and excuses. And excuses. In, Jesus name, in Jesus' name, I embrace my destiny of increase in Christ Jesus. I In Jesus name, in Jesus name I, reject being broke. I reject being broke I will never be broke again in Jesus name, never in, Jesus name. In, Jesus name in Jesus name I declare, I declare that, all that all my needs Have been supplied, have been supplied And I am, daily I am daily abounding In grace on every side increases speaking in my life and the refuge in Jesus name in Jesus name we're a thousand times more thanks be unto the Father God who is always causing us to triumph in Christ Jesus and it's making manifest, manifest, manifest. Through, me. through me the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ God. in every place. Glory hallelujah. Glory hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. All right, please have your seat. You're welcome to the first service. We've been looking at the message manifesting the greatness of God. Say that with me, say manifesting, manifesting the, greatness the greatness of God. I didn't hear everybody say that. Say it with me, say manifesting, manifesting the greatness of, greatness of God. Hallelujah. The reason God wants everybody born again and to come to the knowledge of the truth is so that we can become partakers of his greatness and be manifestors, people who will manifest of, manifest his greatness to their world and to their generation. Hallelujah. Let me give you a very practical illustration. It's like someone who is very wealthy, extremely wealthy and influential and decides to adopt you as a son or a daughter into his wealth so you can become part of his wealth and also be part of releasing his wealth through your life. That's what God did to us. Jesus coming was God extending his greatness to men. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, so it doesn't matter where you were born. It doesn't matter where you came from. Your father may be a nobody according to your estimation. Your mother, nobody may know them. Maybe your village is not even in the map. All those are irrelevant. The important thing is that God has given to every single man born of a woman the opportunity to partake of his greatness and to manifest his greatness. Say, I'm blessed. blessed. Say, I am blessed. blessed. So one of the primary reasons God wants all to be saved is so that we can partake of his greatness and manifest his greatness last sunday during the second service i as we we know because we've established that to understand and appreciate the greatness of god there are two revelations of the scripture we must understand number one god is great say with me say god is great, god is great. There, there, there's no argument or disputing about that say my god is a great god And there are about five or six revelations we looked at from the scripture that reveals the greatness of God. Number one, God is ageless. Everybody say ageless. Ageless. The word ageless means God does not age. God has no age. You know why? Because God did not begin. The beginning began with God. Look at the number and say, "God God does not age. Did you hear what I said? God doesn't count here because time came from him did you hear what i said and so one of the things the revelation that reveals the greatness of god is that god is ageless god is eternal number two the bible says god is exceeding the word exceeding means god is more than enough no man on earth is more than enough Every human being has one limitation or the other. But God is the one who has no limitation because he's the exceeding God. He does great things. Things past finding out. So we serve a God who is exceeding. Number three, we said God is mighty. Everybody say that. Say God is mighty. It's important to remind yourself this revelation because it will help you appreciate and understand who God is as a great God. Say with me, say God is mighty. God is mighty. Say it one more time. God is say God is, God is mighty. The word mighty means God is powerful. God is powerful. He is the source of power. Power means he has the ability to bring to pass whatever he desires. The Bible says God is able to do far above what we can think or ask. God has the power to give us what we think and ask. But the Bible also says God can even do much more than that. Why? Because he's mighty. Say amen. Amen. Come on, say God is mighty. mighty. And we say God is high. He is the most high. And uh, when Bible uses the word high, it refers to his lordship. God is dominating There is none as high as him. Every time anybody tries to prove they know too much, God will, will humble you and remind you that no matter what you have, I am the most high. Say with me, say, God is the most high. God is great because he's the most high. Somebody say, God is the most high. Hallelujah. And we said also, God is great because he's what? Is loving and kind. By now, you should know all this, though. If you're not going through your know that means you are not interested. That's why you think God is your mate. That's why the way you relate with God has no reverence and has no honor because you lack understanding of who he is. When you do not know God, you start treating God like people. You start treating God like your landlord. You start treating God like your father. You start taking, treating God like your uncle. God is not your mate. God is far above all that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God is loving and kind. Say that we may say, God is loving and kind. kind. Ephesians 2 reveals that God has decided to love man greatly. And it's only God that can love greatly. And also finally, we looked at another revelation again last. And we said that God is what? Wisdom. Say with me, say God is wise. Another revelation that reveals the greatness of God is that God is a wise God. The Bible says God created everything by his wisdom. The wisdom of God is the great architect behind creation. Everything was created. God must be a genius. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Everything was in perfect place and perfect order. Why? Because we serve a God who is wisdom. So all these truths are revelations of the greatness of God. And we also said that God does great things. Everybody say, God does great things. things. Say it louder. Say, God does great things. things. Say, God does great things. things. So as we, we began to progress that as we seek to understand, write this down, God wants you To understand his greatness. Write that down. God is a great God, but he has decided to share his greatness with man. So I'm talking to every one of you hearing the sound of my voice this morning. God wants you to understand his greatness because he is willing. What Jesus did 2,000 years ago is proof that God wants you to be partakers of his greatness and he wants you to manifest his greatness. So God wants you to know his greatness. And and as we seek to understand from the scripture what the greatness of God is, because you cannot manifest what you don't know. Are you hearing me? My people are destroyed for what? If you don't know you have something, you can't use it. Is that not true? If you don't know you have it. See, the day you got born again, you became a partaker of the greatness of God. But if it's not manifesting in your life, it's because you're ignorant about his greatness. So God wants us to know and understand His greatness so we can manifest it, we can show it, we can express it. So as we seek to understand the greatness of God, we must first of all deal with the corruption that was introduced into the human understanding because of Adam's sin. We've shown you from scripture that the Bible says all born of a woman, before you got born again, were born sinners. We are sinners not because we do bad things. Bad thing is bad. Are you hear me. But we're sinners because everybody born into this world was born into sin. When Adam sinned against God, he sold the entire human race to sin. So everyone born of a woman is born into that same sin. You don't have to lie before you became a sinner. You were already one because you were born that way. Bible says, for all have sinned. Why? Because Adam sinned. So we inherited the iniquity of Adam's transgression. That's why Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be what? Born again. What does it mean to be born again? It means to be redeemed from the sin that Adam gave to you and me. So the day you got born again, you were adopted. Somebody say you were adopted. Your old self died and you were born again. The word born again means you became a new person or a new kind. Say I am a new breed. If you're born again, you've been born into a new kind. Everybody say a new kind. The scripture says, if any man be in Christ, what is he? He's a new creature or a new being or a new kind, a new species. Many of you think that when you got born again, that God just changed your uniform. No. When you got born again, God changed you. Who you were died and a new being was born. Yes, your physical body may not change but your spirit has changed. You have a brand new spirit that is born of God. Say amen. Amen. The moment you're born again, you've been fabricated, created, sourced from Christ. You are now a different kind. You are a son of God. Say, I'm a son of God. Say, I am a a son of God. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, for us... To manifest the greatness of God, because to be a son of God simply means to be a partaker of the greatness of God. Say what means to, to be a son of God. is to be a partaker, be a partaker. of the greatness of, the greatness of God. You have been born into a family of greats. Why do you think the Bible says, Greater is He? That is what? Is in me than he so the day you met Jesus, you were born into the greater family, so that the greatness of God can be manifested through your life. Hallelujah. So God wants you to know his greatness, he wants you to understand. But for us to know that we need to deal with because when man sinned, the knowledge of men became corrupted, and the corruption of sin is selfishness. Man became selfish. And the first manifestation of selfishness showed up when God asked Adam, What have you done? Instead of defending his wife, he said, It's the woman you gave me. Because selfishness will never blame himself, he will blame everybody except himself. You know, do you know that's the reason why people have issues today? They will look for everybody. Nigeria is bad, the country is bad. Um, price has gone up, you, they will always look for an excuse and a reason to blame. I, I was not born in a very good I wish I was born in America. I wish I was born in the UK. No, no, no. That, that excuse is one of the corruption of sin that was deposited in the minds of men. Now, God has given us his word to renew our mind from that deception. You know, when God gave me this message, uh, we, we took time to go and see my mom uh, over a few days ago, came back yesterday. And as I was driving, we had prayed, we're praying in the car. We usually do that when we travel. We pray in tongues for a while, you know, before the course of the journey. While we're all praying in the Spirit in the car, the Holy Spirit began to speak to my heart. And, and he said to me, he said, one of the reasons I gave you this message to teach is to empower the saints of God. Some of the messages some of you have heard has victimized you. You know what it means to be victimized? It means to make you a victim, to see yourself as disadvantaged. There are some messages you will hear and you will feel that you have no advantage. The gospel is not a victimization message. The gospel is a message of empowerment. Are you hearing me? The reason why you are hearing this message is for you to become empowered. To be a victim is to be a slave, to have a slavish mentality. A mentality that makes you feel that you are disadvantaged and that you have no advantage and because you feel maybe you don't have certain, you know, certain, like, born into a very rich family, you know, you, you belong to people that know no governors and, and senators because that, that's the problem now. That, that's how property has, has afflicted many that if you feel you don't know important person, your life can. no, no. The blessing connection is a blessing from God, but it's not what determines what you will become. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because if God is not with you, it doesn't matter who you know, you'll be useless. The Bible says, if God be for us, if God be for us, who can be against us? Promotion, cometh not from the east, west, not to south. He cometh from who? From God who can lift up one and do what, bring down another. When Nebuchadnezzar was the superpower of his time and he felt it was too much, even though God had warned him in a dream to be careful of his pride, that is the only reason he was enslaving the children of Israel was because they disobeyed him and he allowed him to take them captive. Nebuchadnezzar didn't listen. He felt he was very powerful. He woke up one morning, oh Babylon that I have created by my strength and for my majesty. God said, today you will see Pepe. And immediately became an animal. For seven years he was growing nails and feathers. You can imagine the servant that usually attends to him just walks into his bedroom and, ah, what is this? And he lo- who is this? Then he looks at the face. It is nebuchadnezzar the king but he had lost his sense god took his sense away from him are you hearing what i'm saying i told you god is the only one that can fire you without your permission are you hearing me because it's god look at the number say because it's god the moment any privilege he has allowed to enter your life enters your head he'll bring you down god resisted the proud and give it grace to the humble. If you think because you are riding a car, you are something special, you will trek. Did you hear what I said? If you think because you're living in a big house and the big house has become your big head, God will bring you down. It doesn't take time to bring you down. No. When when God lifted Solomon because Solomon looked up to him for wisdom. The Bible says, all through the reign of Solomon, not one king could go to war. He was too wise to be fought with. Are you hearing me? When they heard this wisdom, military people shook and they were scared. How can we fight such a wise man? Instead, kings were coming from all over the world to come and listen to the greatness of God that was manifesting through him as wisdom. And when they heard him, they were amazed. They even brought gifts to him. One of them was the queen of Sheba. When she came and saw the way Solomon ascended the throne and the way the servants were placed and the way the throne was arrayed, the Bible said there was no more breath inside her. She was awed by the wisdom. But as Solomon began to progress, as Solomon began to grow, the Bible said, and Solomon loved strange women and his heart departed from god and god said and you know what he started doing he started making altars and idols for each of the women that he was married because he married people from moab and those ones came you know the women factor the influence of women they, they began to influence his heart and they stole his heart away from god and he started making altars of idolatry and they were offering sacrifices and bible said god was upset and god said to him he said you know what I have never allowed you to fight war. See, but from now on, you are going to have war. One of the family he destroyed, there was one. He ran to Egypt. I've forgotten his. Is it? I think it should be Jeroboam. Ran away. And God stirred him up. See, when, when you lose your focus from God, the people that couldn't fight you will start fighting you. The people that cannot see you will start seeing you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you here listening to me? Yes. Tell nobody. say God is, a great God. God is a great God. So for us to appreciate the wisdom of God's greatness, we need to also know that there's a difference between human greatness and divine greatness. Are you hearing me? Are, are you hearing me? We're taking the understanding levels by levels, stages by stages. So this first service... I want to show you the difference. We talked a little bit about it in second service. The difference between the greatness of God and the greatness of men. Because men has greatness, but the greatness of men is inferior and a product of corruption compared to the greatness of God. And some of you, what you are looking for is the greatness of men. And God does not give men's greatness. He gives divine greatness. Are you hearing me? Are you listening to what I'm saying? Even if man make you great and God doesn't make you great, you are nothing. You know what Jesus said? He said, that which is exalted above men is an abomination to God. If God is not the one lifting you, let everybody carry you. You are not anywhere. Are you listening to me? So everybody said, the difference between the greatness of God and the greatness of men. I talked a little bit about it. Last service, but the Holy Ghost is developing that. Now, to understand and manifest the greatness of God demands we understand the difference between the greatness of God and the greatness of man. If you are looking up to men to make you great, don't bother disturbing God. Are you hearing me? Did you hear what I said? Yeah. If your focus is men, don't bother. Let me give you an example of the difference between the greatness of men, the Holy Ghost have started it again, and the greatness of God. Go to the book of Genesis. Last Sunday, second service, everything I preached was not in my sermon note from beginning to the end. I was telling them in the house, I said what I prepared to preach. I didn't quote all, all the scripture I quoted during the second service, it was not in my note. So something like that is starting again. Amen. Go to Genesis. Difference between the greatness of God and the greatness of men. Hallelujah. Are we there? All right. Let, let me show you something. I think it should be Genesis 14, I believe. There was a war between several nations. Did you remember? Yeah. In Genesis 14 from verse 1, we're not reading the entire chapter. He said, And it came to pass in the days of Amramphel, king of China. Arioch, king of Elasser, Kelodolamo, king of Elam, and Tida, king of nation, that these made war with Bera, king of Sodom, and with Bisha, king of Gomorrah, Shinab, king of Adma, and Shimeba, king of Zeboim, and the king of Bela, which is Zoa, all these were joined together where? in the, vine, or the veil of Sedim, which is the Salt scene. Now, this is the history of the war. Verse 4, 12 years, they served Kedola Roma, and in the 13th year, they did what? they rebelled. They rebelled. They rebelled, all right? Now, I want you to go, the, the, the Bible gives us the background of this war, but, but what I want you to understand about that, this war now interfered with God's covenant man. His name is what? Abram. At this time, he was called Abram. Now, God had showed up to Abram in Genesis 12 and told him to leave his father's house to go to where he will tell him. You remember what I said last Sunday? Now, Abraham decided to obey God. And from the day he obeyed God, Abraham decided to base his greatness on God and not man are you hearing what i'm saying i told you abraham was the eldest in the house he was a senior and by right birthright he was in charge of the father's inheritance and name and the father was quite wealthy so when god told him to leave his father's house to leave his kindred and his country to a land that god would show him god was telling him leave men's greatness and come into my greatness Leave what you could become in the eyes of men and see what I will make you become in my eyes. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Do you understand that? So Abraham had obeyed. And somewhere in the course of the journey to greatness, a war took place. He didn't cause the war, but the war took place. But guess what? The war now affected his, um, what's his name? I think his cousins, Lot who they had separated. You remember what happened between two of them? Their property had grown so big, and Abraham, being very matured, decided to say, you know what? Let's not fight. If you go left, I will go right. If you go right, I will go left. And Lord looked at Sodom and Gomorrah, and the place were very good, you know, physically speaking, geographic speaking, and all that. Everything was okay. And, and he said, I will go this way. He said, okay, go. And as he was living, God spoke to Abraham and said, you know what, Abraham? Lift up your head and see. As far as your eyes can see, I will give you. What was God teaching Abraham? I am the source of your greatness. I'm going to make you great beyond what your eyes can see. Are you understanding me? That was what he was telling Abraham. He said, I am the source of your greatness and I'm going to make you great beyond what your eyes can see. So the greatness of God comes from God. So this war took place and affected Lot. And someone came to tell him, maybe Lot has been captured and he needs to be free. So the Bible says, listen to this. Now, I've read the Bible a lot. We're currently reading it. I have never seen where the Bible revealed that Abraham had military training. Did you see that in the Bible? That he was a soldier. Abraham was traveling very big. He had over 300 servants that were serving him. Out of his servants, he took 300 servants. And they went with, listen, because if you understand this, you will begin to appreciate the greatness of God. A man with no military background, the only credit to his name and what he was going to become was what God said to him. That same man took 300 men and went into the nation that defeated, that won, because Sodom, they all took off, they all ran away because they were beaten during the war. And Abraham went and defeated the army that won with how many men? 300 servants. Servants, not men with military skill, men who were powered by the greatness of God that had been given to Abraham. I don't think some of you get this thing. I don't think some of you understand it. I said Abraham had no military experience. Let me ask you a question. Who trained David in warfare? Who trained him? He grew up as a shepherd boy. His six brothers were in the army. He was the only one that was taking care of who? Of ships. So there was no military training in his background. But while he was fellowshipping with this great God and the covenant of greatness that has been put in place by Abraham and passed from generation to generation, while he was a shepherd boy... A lion and a bear came to attack his ship. And what did he do? He killed them. Did you think he killed the bear and the lion by his strength? Oh, no. He killed them by the manifestation of the greatness of God in his life. So when he stood before Saul, he said, Saul, he said, I'm going to beat this man. Then they saw, acknowledged the fact that he didn't have military experience. He said, you are a young boy. You are a youth. You never see anything. You don't know war. On the other hand, Goliath is a war veteran. He's gone to war. He has fought different kinds of war. And you want to go and fight him? Are you sure of what you want to do? Then the only qualification that David knew, he pulled it out. See, when you understand the revelation of God's greatness, you will know that your qualification is the greatness of God. What is your CV? Somebody said the greatness of God. God. When they ask you, who do you know? What do you say? The greatness of God. What is your connection? What do you say? The greatness of God. And David pulled out his qualification and he said, when I was taking care of my... You know, some would have said... You know, when I fought the war in Amorites, or I fought the Hittites or the Jebusites and all the military people, you know, you were expected to hear, Kandokan, you know that kind of story now, we fought the Hittites and the Amorites and the Jebusites and all the Tites and everything. And, and when I fought, I took out 300 men. He said, when I was taking care of my father's sheep, as a shepherd boy, a bear and a lion came and I went after them, rescued my sheep, and killed them. Now, he didn't say it was a puppy bear, or a puppy lion. I hope you know that. I hope you know that. Somebody went to the zoo one day, and he thought the lion was dog. Put his finger there. Eh? The lion caught the finger. And they had to literally, people had to literally hold him to pull the thing out of the mouth of the lion because the lion is very strong. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So if you have seen a lion and a bear is another very strong animal, a bear can take off the head of a man by just one claw. That's how powerful a bear is. So when they say, you, when, hunters will tell you when you see a bear, run. But when you are very close, stand still. Because once you move, it perceives you to be a threat. Are you understanding me? Once you move. Now, these two vicious, powerful, extremely strong animals came after the sheep of David. And the Bible said David went after them. He charged towards them. You better know what you know and know what you carry to confront a lion and a bear. Otherwise, you will just supply yourself as purple soup for them. And he came and took them out. So so Saul said, okay. Then he said, okay, you know what? Go with my ammo, which is the standard standard for, for military fighting of those days. And as he wanted to move, the things were so heavy because they were made of iron. He couldn't move. He said, I can't war with this. I have not proved them. I don't know this one. I don't fight like this. So he took it off. With no armor, he took a catapult. Everybody say catapult. catapult. Someone say catapult. Yeah. You know what is catapult? It was made of a just two sling with a pouch. And he went to the stream and collected how many stones? five stones. Put one inside. Landed in the wall. Looked at the guy that was talking. And Goliath obviously upset. What's wrong with this guy? Who do you think you are? Am I, do I look like a dog? Will you go back to your mother and go and, and stop disturbing me here? And began to insult him and curse him. And David said to him, you come against me with your spear and your sword and everything you have. He said, but hear me. I come against you In the name of the Lord. I'm coming against you in the greatness of God. The day you think your skill, your experience is your advantage, you will never manifest the greatness of God. You hear what I said? It is not wrong to have skill. It's not wrong to have experience. But when you think it's the reason you win, then you don't need God. Your skill and your experience in the context of God's greatness, they are tools. They are what? And a tool does not define the handler, it is the handler that defines the tool. When the farmer goes to farm to work, it is what the farmer does with the hole that determines what the hole can do. Do you understand that? Your skill and your experience is a tool. It is not your definition of greatness. It is your tool for expressing your greatness. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, sir. So back to Abraham, We're going back to the story. He had gone, fought, collected and rescued Lot. This time Lot had lost everything because of the judgment that came on Sodom and Gomorrah but there was a a conversation that took place that reveals to me and you and what I need you to see this morning, that there's a difference between the greatness of men and the greatness of God. Now, go to verse, are you there? Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you learning something this morning? All right. I think go down to verse... um, they had come back from the war, and one of the tradition of war is that when you go to war, after defeating your enemy, you collect all their treasures. All right, all right? They collected all their treasures, and they, they brought them forth. Now, go to verse um, verse seventeen. Let's read from verse seventeen. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him. Who did he go and meet? Abraham, or Abram? All right. Abram met him after his return. From where? F- you see the word slaughter. Slaughter means he decimated them. Finished them. A man with no military experience, with 300 servants, took out what four nations couldn't do. You should know that it was much more than skill. Only the men knew what they were fighting. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. I just found an information. I was listening to a message recently. Can, can I tell you this? This is strange. I never saw it that way, but I heard it from a preacher, and so I know the preacher. Do you know the depth of the Red Sea was two feet? Did you hear what I said? The, the water that God drowned the children of Israel was barely two feet. Even a baby can stand inside water of two feet. So that means there was a divine force that kept them inside the water there. You didn't hear what I said. Some of you, you know, you've read the Bible with a lens, a cover, a blindness in your mind. Abraham had no military background. Something had to be standing behind him. Something had to be walking behind through him to take out no, Bible didn't say and he defeated that could have been okay but he slaughtered are you paying attention yes, what did he do he slaughtered he slaughtered Sluttered means he completely decimated them he defeat means they may have a chance for recovery slaughtered means there was no chance for recovery what he did to them was done and dusted. They were gone. They were finished. Now, watch this, verse 17. And the king of Sodom, are you there? The king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of Kedolamo of, and of the kings that were with him at the valley of Cheval, which is the king's dale, verse 18. And the Bible says something very powerful. And Mekized, the king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine. Melchizedek here was a typology of Christ. He brought forth bread and wine, which is communion, and he was the priest of the Most High God. Verse 19, what did Melchizedek do to him? And he did what? And he blessed him and said, blessed be Abraham of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and, uh, so you see what was back in Abraham. Verse 20. And what did he do? And blessed be the most high God, which hath... So who won the war? Who won the war? Which hath what? Delivered thy enemies into thy hand. And he gave him tithes of all. So who was responsible for the victory? God. That's why I said, your skill and your experience, they are just tools that God walks through. They are not the reason you will become who you are. Are you hearing me? Those who are, see, there are many of us who have made an idol out of our skill and our experience, our human CV. We've made an idol out of it, and we believe that because we have it, we have advantage, sorry. Sorry. When you are in Christ, your source is him. Your greatness comes from who? From him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah, the Bible reveals who did the deliverance? God himself. Because it doesn't make sense for 300 servants with no military background and military experience to go and slaughter a giant and a war veteran, a general with four nations. That's not humanly possible now. And the Bible tells us what? which had delivered the enemies. Good. And in honor, which is the reason we give tithes. There's no argument for tithes. The reason we tithe is because we acknowledge God as our source. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Tithe is an expression of worship and honor. Except we are not interested in that. Now, go to the next verse. What did he say next? What did he say next? What did he say next? Huh? And the king of Sodom said to Abraham, Give me the persons, so he took captives, and take the goods to thyself. Now, can we read verse twenty-two together, everybody? Want to go? And Abram said to the king of Sodom, "I have lifted up my hand. Oh, are you reading? Is everybody reading? Yes. I have lifted up my hands unto who? Unto the Lord." The most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth. Go to the next verse. What did he say? That I will not take from you, from take a tread even to a shoe latchet, and that I will not take anything that is thine, lest thou shouldest say, I made. Abraham rich another meaning of the word rich is the word great so abraham said to him say hear me i don't need you to make me great i just came from a war that you couldn't fight a war you couldn't win in fact you ran away is that not true you ran away and i came back victorious over the war that god delivered through me Why will I look up to you to make me into somebody? Do you understand what uh, uh, Abraham was saying? Lest you open your mind and say, I made Abraham great or rich. So there's a difference. I want to ask you a question. Who do you want to make you this morning? You you don't need to answer me. Answer it to your heart. Because if, if you really want him, you will make yourself available. Did you hear what I said? You will do what? You will make yourself available. Because if you are not available, God can walk through. God will not force his greatness through your life. What did I say? God will not force his greatness through your life. God wants you to be great in him and great through him. But if you are not available, he will not force his greatness through you. Write this down. If you're going to manifest greatness, one of the first things you must understand is that you must allow God to renew your mind into his greatness. You must allow God to do what? To renew your mind into his greatness. Because there are many of you that are sitting here, what you're looking up to is that you are expecting that men will make you. So the way you look up to men and the way you serve them is as if they are your idols. Thank God for men. But your greatness is not in men. Your greatness is in who? It's in God. Abraham understood that. Because if you think your greatness is in men, you will worship men like God. You will idolize your skill and your experience. Oh, I just got a first class. I just got a a certification. I just got this. I just traveled. My company sent me abroad. All those are good and dandy. But the time you begin to look up to your strength, or maybe you think because you're beautiful according to your head, and you are fair, or you're black, and you have good shape, that men will come for you. You think God, who made you fair, made a mistake, or made you black, made a mistake, or maybe the kind of height you have, according to men, you feel you are short or you feel you are too tall because that's the problem with us we've been so deceived by the corruption of the greatness of men that we now write ourselves off when we feel that we don't possess what people generally celebrate we feel we are disadvantaged that's why the fashion industry is an insecurity industry they create an idol and an image of the perfect woman and want everybody to become like that. So you see some people literally starving. They, they will not eat too. Please eat too. Eat. They will not eat. Why? Because they are afraid. There's a way to eat well. And eat. like me, I eat. Some of you think I don't eat. I eat too. I eat very well. But I discipline myself when I eat. Because the primary purpose for food is nutrition. Not indulgence. Do you understand me? Some of you, why you are fat? it's not because you eat big food once. Your hand not stop uh, Bring up. Bring this one. Uh, you buy biscuit, bring up. Uh, you buy meat pie. Uh, you bring this one. Uh, so your hands are speaking from every place. But I tell you combine everything together, they are supplying all kinds of things. And your body will always be the report card of how you eat. Do you understand that? If you're eating well and eating healthy, it will show in your body. Are you listening to what I'm saying? But the point I want you to get is this no, listen. Nothing God has blessed you is your advantage. Your advantage is God. Are you hearing me? It's not because you are tall, it's not because you are short, it's not because you are you're fair or you are dark. No. The Bible says the race is not to the quick, the battle is not for the strong. Are you hearing me? No bread for men of skills, for time and chance happens unto them. For it is not by might, it is not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. If you are fair, there's a reason why God made you fair. If you are dark, there's a reason why God made you dark. It's just color. You have black dog, white dog. It's all dog. It's the same thing. So you are not advantaged because of your shape. If you are more fit and healthy, you can do a lot of things. You can Sleep better, walk better, live longer. But, but you need to understand that our advantage is God. Say with me, say my advantage, my advantage is God. Because if you do not know this, you will keep depending on what cannot change your life. So there is a difference between the greatness of man and the greatness of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes. All right, let's get back to what we're saying, Okay. God's, write this down, God's idea of greatness is the original definition and version of greatness. God's idea of what? Greatness is what? The original definition and version. Every other definition is corrupted, impure. It's only the creator or the manufacturer that can define what it creates. That's why every item, you, if it's proper, every item you buy, it usually comes with a manufacturer's manual. What is the purpose of the manual? To intimate you with the device and how you are supposed to use them. You are supposed to read the manual so you understand how the device works so you can maximize it. Who is the source of greatness? God. Who can tell you about greatness? God. So, if your concept, because there are some of you, let me tell you, you see, humanity in itself, after Adam's sin, a corruption of selfishness and idolatry was introduced into the reasonings of men. So, what people interpret as greatness today borders on idolatry and selfishness. In your mind, greatness... If you see somebody with a Maserati or a Bugatti or a Ferrari or a Rolls Royce, you understand that? And usually some of those Ferrari, they are, they are luxury car, they are pleasure car. You can't carry your family on, except you want to put them inside the boot. It's a two-seater car, 12-cylinder, two-seater. 12, I mean, 12-cylinder with a horsepower of almost 10. That, that's like a jet engine in a car. It is for, it's for status to make a statement. You can't go and drive that road in a road. It will finish the bottom. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let it go my travel. Broom. Only one week, they will change all the shocks. So it's just a luxury car. All right? But, but if your image of greatness is about acquiring physical status, symbol. There's something I, I, I told mommy and uh, read to write for me while I was meditating, I was driving back. That, that if your concept of greatness is about acquisition of material stuff, titles and, and positions and privileges, if that's what you see greatness as, your concept of greatness has been corrupted. Because those things are not greatness, they are tools of expression. They are not what make you great. It's like thinking that you're riding a big car will make you big. No. A car is just to move you from one point to another. Now, it can move you in style. It can give you AC. It can give you music. But do you sleep inside? Do you sleep inside the car? Do you, do your, do you have your breakfast, lunch, and dinner inside the car? Say, Bring my, bring my food inside the motor. Open the door. There, is it, do you do that? You don't do that. So, when, when your concept and expectation of greatness is defined by kind of things, Remember I showed you one scripture last Sunday. We brought nothing to this world and we will take nothing away. So, everything you met while you came here, they are just tools God gave you to live the life that he gave you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes. True greatness is understanding God's definition and version of greatness. Because if you don't know it you won't manifest it. Because in the mind of some of you, you want to be another gate, You want to be another elemoth. There can't be two Gates. There's only one who Are you hearing what I'm saying? Somebody say Hallelujah. hallelujah. I didn't hear you say hallelujah. hallelujah. Now write this down. Human's idea and definition of greatness is an invention that came from the corruption of Adam's sin. Human's definition and idea of greatness, are you hearing me? Human's definition and idea of greatness is an invention that came from the corruption of Adam's sin. Turn your Bible to Ecclesiastes 7 verse 29, everybody. We need to get the fake out so we can understand the original. What did I say? What did I say? What did I say? We need to get the fake, expose the fake so we can understand the original. Everybody say, Ecclesiastes 729. Look at the screen. Look at the screen. Can we read it together? What did he say? He said, "Lo, this only have I found that God had made man upright. Say with me: Say, God made me, upright. God made me upright. Do you know the word upright? What it means? The word upright means there was a way God created you to be. Are you, look at me, everyone. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. There was a way God created you to be, and there was a way God created you to operate. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let me give you a practical example what is the purpose of a bed? To to do what? To sleep. So when when they were inventing and manufacturing the bed, what was the purpose of the bed? To sleep, to rest. Is that not so? When they was making a chair you are sitting on, what was the purpose of the chair? To do what? To sit down. Is the purpose of a chair to sleep so that's why some of you, if you yourself, find yourself falling asleep, you will want to fall. Is that not so? Because the chair is not a bed, and the bed is not a chair. Is that not true? So everything is created for a purpose and to function for its purpose. Is that not so? So if, if, if you are trying to use something for anything other than its purpose, what are you doing? You are abusing it. If you try to make the chair, you are sitting on your bed. What will happen to you? You will fall. Not only will you fall, you are abusing the chair. And write this down. Anything you abuse, you shorten the lifespan. Is that not true? Because you are using it against its intended purpose. So when God made man, God designed man upright. Everybody say upright not done wrong, you understand that. God made man upright. So God designed man in his image and after his likeness. So God created man to reflect his image and to function according to his likeness. Any other thing is an invention. Do you know why we are frustrated and depressed today? It's not because Naira has gone up. Does Naira go up? No, I think it's going down. Anyway, I don't know what they mean by that one, but you know what I mean. Dollar (laughs) Dollar and Naira. You see, the reason why some of you are frustrated is because you think your joy comes from the stability of the Naira and dollar. Do you understand me? You, You think your joy comes from living in a duplex. Let me guarantee you, you will pay more rent. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Or from riding a big car, to fill my car from here to Delta State now is about 80,000. Welcome. So to go and come is about... Kelly, how are you? To go and come is about 150,000. From here to Sapele and back, because I'm going to take my money. To go and come is about 130,000, 40,000 for fuel. Is that what will determine my joy? Eh? So your problem is, we we and there are some of you, you think your joy is an iPhone. I what? I plus four. So if you don't have an iPhone, you feel you're not a complete babe, or a complete guy. Meanwhile, you're making these people more rich too because when you buy their phone, they sell you an idea that iPhone puts a value on you. That's a lie. Have you seen a man sick? They did not put iPhone near him. Oh, he just gets healed. Because he has an iPhone. They, they, they sell you. or They, they think that you are, your value is the kind of shoe or sneakers you put on. See, we call this Air Jordan. You know, Air Jordan. Puma. My pastor my friend, my who, you know, we're encouraging, I'm encouraging him to get back into the exercise, and he has taken my call, so we're justin. He said, but he uses uh, Crocs. I said, to do what? He said, to walk. I said, no, you will spoil it. He said, "It did not spoil I said, okay, good. I said, go and get a sneaker. And he said, but the one I'm using, Puma. I said, my friend, calm down, leave that Puma thing. Go and look for a comfortable sneakers. It doesn't have to be Puma. There are other brands that are very comfortable, and they are cost-friendly. Don't be telling me Puma. What is Puma? Say the one Puma I use. Did I say drop that gist? Go. The issue is exercise, not. Is it the Puma that will carry your leg and walk? Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm trying to show you the deception in our concept of greatness. There are some of you, 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 you because people think for for you to be a presentable girl. You have to dress in such a way to expose yourself. So. Now, the women don't wear braziers anymore. Have you noticed that? They're becoming very bold now. One day I saw one, I said, just naked. Just go naked so we know you are not wearing anything. Because there's no use wearing small. Just show us everything. Let's see it. Because is that not the idea? Yeah. Then you, the, tomorrow you not, you, not, you not say somebody abused you. What do you mean abuse you? Is it water that is flowing in our body or is it blood? There are some things God decided to hide. Bible call it the past that are not comely. There's a reason why God made it that way. You're not, suppo- you're not supposed to be walking and showing us your bumbo. It's for poo-poo. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's what it is. You cover it. When you want to poo-poo, go to the toilet and poo-poo. That's the only thing that should be seeing your bumbo. It's not for you to be showing people when you're walking. Why I'm, I'm getting this practical is that we are working against the uprightness of our design. That's why we are messing up. We are kaputting and functioning. Have you seen a car, an engine when he wants to die? He starts shouting, bo, 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 We got to a checkpoint and I at the the policeman said, eh? it was he thought it was a god. Because the engine is beginning to go. It was going south. God created you to be upright. To be upright means you were created to function, to be and to function in a particular way. But they, these same men, have what? They have sought out many inventions. We're not trying to look for things that, that, that can't give us peace and joy. We're, not, we're more attracted to the container not the content. So we think that if the container is very nice, everybody will come around it. You can be a fine container with nothing inside you. If you're not upright, you're just, you're a fair trouble. A beautiful problem that will beautifully wreck people's life. Did you hear what I said? That's what you are. All your fine lashes and your fine hairstyle. Is to destroy somebody's life did you hear what i said and if you're a young guy because you work, you think because you work in an oil company you are the best thing that has happened to women you are just an oil worker that will destroy a woman's life are, are you understanding what i'm saying because if you don't understand the uprightness of your creation you will abuse abuse the tools of expression that God, I told you, your skill, your experience, your privileges, they are merely tools of expression. They are not what defines who you are. It's silly and stupid for me to begin to allow the car that I drive to become the source of my joy. And you know, you're just going to be healing you. I mean, you are crying inside you there. To only change oil, almost 200,000. Where we say oh but your car they find in your mind you say i wish they know i wish, wish they know are we together yes, sir. all right let's begin to drive this home my time is almost up for the first service are you learning anything this morning yes, sir. because if we're going to appreciate and embrace the greatness of god like i was saying what, what i mentioned to them this that, came, that as long as we think our concept and idea of greatness is not defined by the uprightness of God but it's defined by acquisition by status by, by connection by all these natural things men you know depicts as great we will never embrace the greatness of God that has been offered to us in Christ we will think that the greatness of God is an inferior do you know what we are doing now we have turned God to the two what did I say? We have, we have turned God to what? The tool. God, who is the source, is not the tool. We are now using God to blow. Did you understand what I mean by that? People now come to church not because they want to know God, they come to church because they want to use God. That's why we don't have peace. That's why nothing satisfies us again because we have taken God out of the picture. Our hearts is crying for him, but we're trying to fill it up with things and stuff. So during worship, for instance, people can't even worship. They can't focus on Jesus. They say, let us worship. Because you don't know him. You only know things. If I mention money now, hey, your eye will shine. Your energy will wake up. But say, let's worship Jesus. You're like... Then you now start saying, I, I, I didn't flow with that song. I say what? Well, say the beats, the beats. The, the, the beats didn't it was, not, it was not gyrating enough. You know, the, the, I, I didn't like the sound. The, the worship leader, his voice was a bit husky. I voice it too 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 It go up. I don't feel follow around. The, you see, that was the kind of nonsense we start doing. We we'll lose the essence of worship, which is fellowship. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me say some few things before I round up. Hear this. One of the inventions of man in his concept of greatness. Are you ready for this? One of the inventions of man is his concept of greatness, his own idea of greatness. That's one of the inventions of man. Man has sought many inventions. You see the word invention is in plural. One of the inventions of men outside the uprightness of God is man's concept of of greatness. Man's own concept of. Remember what Abraham told the king of Sodom I have lifted up my hand to the great God, possessor of heaven and earth, that let it not be said that I made Abraham rich or great. All right? So one of the concepts of man's invention is greatness. Hear me. Man's idea of greatness, are you with me? is defined by love for the world and the things of the world. They will never believe they are great, except they have the the things of the world, and people are praising them. Have you noticed something about Jesus? When Jesus was baptized at River Jordan, before he began his ministry, before he did his first miracle, before he did anything, what did God say? This is what? my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. If I tell you God is pleased with you, some of you will not agree. You know why you will not agree? Because you want to see some things. You want to see some gadgets. You want to see some, like a warehouse of loot. That's what you will finally say, yes, God is pleased with me. How can, Pastor, how can God be pleased with me? When I have in my account one thousand five hundred and forty-six naira twenty kobo, in fact, Bank maintainers collected the twenty, fifteen naira last month. So, how can you say that you know I'm great? Hi, everybody. Say hi. hi. Everybody say hi. hi. Who has done that thing to you? See, when you understand true greatness the tools in your hand become empowered. Do you know why Abraham was very great? See, the mistake we made is, and he said, the Bible said, and his, and his um, uh, property grew, and he became very great. See your problem. You were defining his greatness by the abundance of the things. No, he became very great because the great God who promised him that he will make him great and make his name great was with him. And God was simply showing up through his life. Because how will you define the prosperity of Joseph? He was a slave boy sold into slavery and in his master's house, the Bible said Joseph was very prosperous. What, why was he prosperous? Because God was with him. And when, because God was with him, all the tools everybody said the tools the tools that is potiphar his wealth his money everything they were under who under the supervision and control of who of joseph because when the greatness of god speaks everything around you becomes an instrument of expression if you need a billion to advance the purposes of god it will find you oh you didn't hear what i said You know, the reason why we struggle the way we're struggling is because we don't want to line up with God. We don't want to follow His uprightness. We want to do our thing. There's something in us that is looking for the validation of men. Don't knowing that the validation of men cannot give you the greatness of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right, let me say this. We'll continue the second service. The word and the things that I need were given to man as tools for expression. The tools were never intended by God to define the origin and destiny of men. No. When you understand this, you will not know that where God puts you, there's a purpose for that. And God will always remain your focus Irrespective of where you are Because men will always judge you by where you are But God looks at you from where he is Say amen Amen. That's why in the eyes of God You will always be blessed In the eyes of God You will always be advantaged In the eyes of God You will always be favored Because God looks at you from his place Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why the Bible says Blessed be God The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ Who has what? blessed us with all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. Rise up on your feet. Let me stop here. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Did you learn something this morning? Now lift up your hands and begin to talk to God. I'm going to continue this during the sacred service. Lift up your hands and give him thanks. And also lift up your offering. Father, we give you worship Ali dos